0: marketing is something that you're probably messing up and if you pay attention to this podcast with Caitlin Barchowski, hopefully you're going to learn some things and you're going to make sure that you're not doing the things you shouldn't do and be more successful in what you do. Stay tuned. Caitlin, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, good. I'm very happy that you're here today. You are somebody that uh, is in an occupation that most people love. I love marketing. Uh, talking, getting an opportunity to speak to an expert like yourself today is going to be a lot of fun. Before we start talking about the minutiae, I want to kind of let our audience know who we are specifically speaking to. Uh, Caitlin is the founder of Story Lane Marketing, a marketing consultation and design company that helps small businesses and nonprofits tell their stories in new ways that resonate and provide value. Uh, You uh, founded this company in the honor of your late grandmother, who apparently was a trailblazer. She was a businesswoman. She
1: was. Are you
0: from the Pasadena area?
1: I actually grew up in Pittsburgh. I was born and raised in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I moved out here about six or seven years ago.
0: Okay, that explains why you went to Penn State. Yes, it does. you need to put that on here, I don't (laughs) think, which I thought was kind of... Disappointing to me. You put your, you know, you went to MIT, which I would put that there too. But I would put Penn State because I think it's a great school. So was your grandmother a trailblazer in that area over there?
1: Uh, yeah, she was a traveling saleswoman. She worked in the furniture industry, and she did that at a time when society and the business world really didn't deem that acceptable um, for a woman to be doing, um, you know, working outside the home, let alone traveling for work. Could you
0: even imagine that? I can't. <laughs> I can't, because I lived during that period of time. I know. So have <laughs> yeah, heard it's, about incredible. It. Yeah. it's
1: incredible. And so she really was one of the most um, resilient and adaptable people I ever met. And she was a true matriarch in her family. And even when I was growing up, they still weren't talking to girls the way they are now. And so she instilled this sense of confidence and leadership in me that um, was really rare, I think. And that really helped me kind of envision what my life could become.
0: Okay, well, that explains you, then, because I've got more to talk about here. Caitlin's marketing expertise comes from over a decade of experience in industries such as hospitality, nonprofit, and retail. Uh, you've worked for a local private club. I know the name of that club. Does <laughs> uh, the university club come to mind? Uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. a mid-sized ad agency and a Fortune 500 company. You currently serve on several uh, boards. I know that you and I uh, are on the... Uh, chamber together. And I'm just going to say this to the audience that I know that Caitlin is a can-do person because she's awesome in her capacity. Uh, She doesn't just maintain a seat on the board. She's actually a very hardworking member of that, which is a lot because your time is crunched just like everybody else's. Uh, You've been featured on the cover of Business Life Magazine 2021 Women Achievers Edition. Uh, You're a recipient of two California legislators assembly certificates of recognition and accommodation from Los Angeles County. And like I said, is you've completed a digital marketing analytics from I guess it's a is it a certificate?
1: Yeah, it was a, an executive program that I took through MIT.
0: That's incredible. And uh, did you do that before or after you, you obtained your BA from Penn State?
1: Uh, it was after. Um, so I um, got two degrees from Penn State, and then a few years later, I uh, wanted to continue my education and, and took that course.
0: So, and you majored in international business. Okay. I
1: did.
0: <laughs> so it was funny because you and I sat on, a, or we're in a retreat recently, and we talked about, you know, what the incoming new business people are of your generation are will look like. And I have a feeling that they'll look a lot like you, the good ones and stuff. So cool. So let me ask you this is how did you get into the line of business of marketing? That's, that's fascinating for me.
1: Sure. So I found my passion for business at a really young age. My favorite part about being in Girl Scouts was selling Girl Scout cookies. So that kind of clued me in that. It's I'm, a little easier
0: to sell cookies. It come is, on.
1: It is a little easier, but, I can't you say know. no. <laughs> you, you come to
0: my door, you're going to get a several boxes. Go ahead, I'm sorry. It,
1: it helped. And so um, I was fortunate, like I mentioned, to grow up um, with a grandmother who really was um, so formative and who I've become as a person. And then also um, my father, my uncles, my uh, grandfathers were all really involved in business and even owned some small business themselves. And so just growing up in that environment and watching them, I really kind of fell in love with what they did. And I've always liked kind of the artistic and creative side of things. So marketing was a really kind of happy marriage of those worlds.
0: Yeah. And actually owning your own business is a creative venture in and of itself, right? You get to decide what you're going to do every day when you wake up, right? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, Who are your type of clients right now?
1: So I have several different types of clients uh, and that's something I really enjoy about running this company. So I have a couple clients who have me on retainer. Um, They tend to be uh, more of a medium size, you know, in the small business world, uh, we have nonprofits, uh, private event venues, um, and then I also help out some smaller businesses as well. So I've helped out um, bakeries, photographers, entertainment, um, you know, bands, and things like that. And so I really love being able to just kind of dive in across all different sectors.
0: I, if, I, if you can't tell by the look in my face, I'm very envious, <laughs> and, I, and I'll tell you why is is that. Uh, my one of my best friends, his name is Steve Yee. I don't think you know him, but he's a, an employment law attorney. He and I were on the passing a bar together, and we worked really hard. And we discovered that we really liked putting things together and marketing the the bar association. And his daughter, like you, got a degree like you. And he says, you know, Don you and I at heart are marketing people. We should never be practicing law. You know, and he wishes that he had his daughter's job, you know, and stuff. And I, I think it's pretty cool that you're doing something that helps other people, uh, but you're really, you know, only limited by your own creativity. And you don't have a lot of the downside of, you know, of having some of the professional responsibilities that we all have. So that's good. Okay. And so, The services that you provide, I noticed from looking at your write-up that you also have design in there, Mm -hmm. right? And you provide, I'm sure, consulting. Uh, So talk about the types of services.
1: Sure. Um, So I really provide custom services and packages to every client I work with. Um, I really wanted to work with small businesses because... Those business owners are so passionate about what they do, but they have limited time and resources. So I wanted to come in and be able to help them shine and really showcase it. Because if you're great at what you do and nobody knows, it almost doesn't matter. So I'll meet with a business owner and we sit down and we go through exactly what they're looking for, what their budget is, what their goals are, and then I'll customize the services in the package to fit um, right in with them. So for some, that's basically working as a a one-person marketing department for them. For others, it's providing quarterly strategic plans or maybe doing some graphic design or website updates for them. So it really just varies, uh, but I look at the full marketing picture. Some people specialize just in social media or just in websites, but I look at the whole pie rather than a piece of it.
0: Okay, and you I guess you've put together a plan for them, right? And you mm-hmm. kind of say, here it is, and we're gonna start working on this.
1: Yeah, so some people will keep me on and have me fully execute that plan for them, or they have enough staff where they can do that themselves and they're just really looking for some guidance about what they should be doing.
0: Cool, cool. What is new to marketing? You know, I it's since I've been in private practice and owning my own practice. I could tell you that when I started it was the yellow pages. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's how old I am, okay? Uh, and it was funny because you you paid for these pages and you are competing against the other attorneys in the same area and your ads were this big and there's you know it was this war of who got the larger uh, Uh, advertisement, and then the internet really started picking up, and we were quick to get onto that, and it seems like every time that you think, okay, aha, I got it, there's something new. After that came a thing called LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. you know, then there became websites that were uh, really uh, dictated by, you know, uh, Google and all of that other stuff, and then there was Facebook, and so every year there's something different, right, you know, and, and it seems that to be in in business you have to be up on it so tell me what right now is the the thing that people should be looking out for
1: well i think the the biggest hot topic is ai and chat gpt and that's and its impact on um you know not only what it can do for companies but possibly even replacing jobs in the marketing world and so there's a lot of unknowns around that right now and I know for the Chamber of Commerce we have the Economic Summit coming up in October uh, which will really kind of speak more to that um, but I I look at those um, new technologies really as tools there's a lot we mm-hmm. don't know there's a lot we're going to need to find out we're going to need to determine the ethics around using those tools um, you know the guidelines around it really how to make sure your brand voice is still shining through. Um, I think back to when I was in school, our math teachers always told us, you're not always going to have a calculator in your pocket, so you need to know how to do this. Well, guess what? We all have calculators in our phones, so we (laughs) do. And so this is another one of those tools. You know, I don't think... Anything will completely take away the value of a human being able to write something or design something, nor should it. We need to make sure we have some protections around that. But it is a helpful tool that we can figure out how to use so that we're able to work maybe even more efficiently. Um, and so there's a lot to learn around that right now, and there's a lot of buzz around um, the different features that it's now um, creating as benefits.
0: Okay. Okay. It kind of scared me for a little bit because you said, you know, it could replace employment, you know, and stuff. And I, I certainly wouldn't want to live in a world where people did nothing. But yeah, yeah, you know. But I, I, in a way, I I just don't see it that way. I mean, I could be overly optimistic at times. I like to think of technology as a tool, like you do, Mm -hmm. you know. So if AI is used as a tool, and not actually, you know, making people, you know, obsolete. How would that work in marketing is it something like you know hey i want to create a web page and you press a button and this thing kind of asks you some questions or, or what
1: maybe one day but um i i think nothing will replace the value of a person really driving that effort forward mm-hmm. um and i think also part of what's so important is marketing is um your uniqueness and the story that you tell and so i think of it more um more along the lines of you know we send emails now we didn't use to send emails in the office that has sped up our communications and made what we do easier. Um, really? <laughs> or it's maybe increased the amount of work that we have. Yes. <laughs> and the hours that we work. Stress. But um, you know it's changed the way we work but it hasn't changed uh, the importance of you know the human interaction and the human behind that. So it's hard to predict exactly where this will go. I think there's a lot that we need to learn and like I said developing some ethics around it too. Um, but I, I just will always view it as a tool um, and something that we should learn from. But I definitely would not encourage someone to just type something into there and just spit it out and use it in their marketing and not review it or put it in their voice or tweak it for their brand um that that would not be something i advise you to do yeah
0: well you need to update things constantly right there's also a matter of taste Mm -hmm. you know and i think that's what makes the difference between successful and non-successful a lot of times they're unsuccessful you know, if you just rely on, uh, AI to do that and you go, boy, that looks great, you know, cause you have no personal taste. You don't have an expert in there kind of talking to you. that could be, that could be problematic.
1: Yeah. And that's something that's really interesting about marketing in general, where, um, Your job as a marketer is to make something easy to understand, to make it an instant get it when someone sees it, um, to really move them in the direction that you want them to go. Sometimes people see something that's easy to understand and they make the mistake of thinking that it's also easy to create. Um, And those are very different things. And so um, that's why I would also caution people against thinking, oh, I can do that. Or I can just type that into chat GPT and it'll spit it out for me. There's a lot more that goes into it besides that. And so you do need that strategy behind it. You do need that unique voice.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So since we're talking about things that are new, what's no longer relevant what do people should kind of say, yeah, that was good maybe 10 or 15 years ago, but it's not so successful anymore?
1: Yeah, um, I think even just looking at the world of social media, the landscape of different, flat, the different platforms has really been shifting a lot over time. Um, there are certain demographics that are, you know, favor one platform over another, um, whereas previously everyone was on Facebook you know, and Facebook is still a powerful tool, but you've got Instagram, you've got TikTok, you've got, you know, all the various platforms. So it's really important for someone to understand where is their target market and to meet them where they are. You don't need to be everywhere. Most small businesses don't even have the resources to do that. So you need to be efficient in in looking at these tools. And just because maybe Facebook was the right place for you, you know, a few years ago, it may be Instagram now, or it may be TikTok based on what your business and your audience is. And so you always want to make sure you're kind of evaluating where you are, um, because like I said, something that worked a few years ago may not be working now.
0: I've noticed that everybody's got a camera these days. Mm-hmm. Everybody's a Hollywood movie star. Everybody's got a podcast like this, right? <laughs> you know, um, you know. so it's kind of taken the sting and the surprise and you know, the novelty, you know, it's just it's just there you know and stuff and I wonder if there's a watered down effect with that where everybody's you know every realtor in town has got something you know going they got the drones flying over and all that it's almost like we're being bombarded by social media commercials you know and stuff so there's a way of making yourself still unique in that world
1: For sure, Um, and especially when you're honing in on who your target market is and you're speaking to them and you're doing that in an authentic way and telling your story. And think about, you know, if you walk into a museum, right, there's art everywhere, but there are certain pieces of art that may resonate so much more with you than the friend you brought with you because you have a different life experience, and you have a different outlook, and you have different needs. And so what might be amazing piece of content for one person doesn't resonate with another. And that's fine. Um, That's really kind of what you want. You're not for everyone, and everyone's not for you. So you just have to find your people.
0: That's fantastic. Since we're talking about carving out your markets, we were uh, having in our, our marketing meeting recently that there's a, there was a discussion about the fact that remote working has really entered into uh, people coming into markets that are really far from where, they, where they're they located. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't like that before. So, you know, uh, I, my friend, again, who is an employment law attorney, told me, hey, I'm doing cases down in San Diego now because my court appearances are remotely. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be there all the time, so it's convenient I can do that. I think that that's something that is here. It's only going to get even more and more Uh, So would you agree that you have to look beyond your immediate space because it could be invaded, you know, by people that are coming. There could be people uh, practicing family law that are from Sacramento now, right? I mean, you're competing with a a larger group of people because of that.
1: You are, but I also think that's an opportunity to dig into what makes you different and why someone in your community would choose you. Okay. Um, So when you look at large corporations, for example, who have branches or stores or whatever their business is all over the country. Um, They will tailor what they do to the different regions, but no one is going to know that community like the people who live in it. And um, if you can do business with people who you feel like know you, understand you, understand your goals, understand where you live, the challenges you face, that's not something that someone else can as easily compete with. So that's definitely, you know, an influence that there could be more competition than you're even aware of because you're not visually seeing it in your space. Um, But I think kind of going deep in your community can be your superpower.
0: Interesting. I like that. Okay. Um, So... Differences in companies run by younger generations. You and I know that there's a lot of discussion among people on the board for the chamber that we've got to reach out to the people that are entrepreneurs that are now part of the newer generation. Mm -hmm. Are there really differences that attract people that are running businesses? Let's say you're actually trying to market young business people, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, I know some of them say they don't network anymore. Every networking group and part of is like, ah, the younger people, they don't want to network anymore. Is there any truth to that?
1: You know, I think people do. I just think they may be doing it in different ways okay. um, than what we've traditionally seen. And I think part of that disconnect is, you know, look, every time there's different generations, there's always the stereotypes, the jokes people make about each other, um, things like that. But I think where that causes harm is when people start um, using those stereotypes to say, nobody here wants to do this, or nobody here wants to work this way. And that's usually not the case. And people need to be able to kind of, like I was speaking about before, meet each other where they are. You know, one person's communication style, even amongst the same generation, may be completely different than someone else's. And so you need to kind of have an understanding of you know what motivates that person or your team, your staff, that group of people. And you need to maybe tailor your style a little bit you know, to motivate them, and to get them where you want them to be. And so rather than trying to force a group into the same path that maybe one person took, there's a lot of different ways to get there. And I think it's being a little bit more open minded about the different ways they may want to be reached or the different ways they may want to meet each other.
0: Okay. You again, going back to the design part of your (laughs) business, When you talk about design that you do, are you talking about uh, logos? Are you talking about designing websites what, what are you specifically talking about all of the above okay. i do
1: um, logos i do flyers websites um you know really kind of any piece of collateral someone needs to have made um, alternatively if they already have a graphic designer that they work with you know i'll work as a in the content manager role and really help make sure that the content and the strategy is being guided so that the business owner doesn't have to be so in the weeds about you know is this the right word or is this the right placement for it? And I can help lead that strategy too.
0: Cool. So I I, I think I know the answer to this, but most people that have businesses need your services, right?
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Why is that? You know, it's really why I stepped into this space with small business um, because I really saw a gap in the market. I'd spent my you know, at least half my career working, um, you know, on more national campaigns or international campaigns, where um, people were, you know, a little bit like data sets. You were still marketing to people, but it was on a much more of a mass scale. But with small business, you're marketing to your community. You're marketing directly to people and people you know and so sometimes people will um, rely a little too much of oh well my friends will come and support me your friends can only support you so much or they'll say well i know what i do is so good why doesn't everyone else get it they should just come in and try it there's so much competition out there especially look where we are in Pasadena, I mean, in Los Angeles County, there are endless competitors, resources, businesses mm-hmm. out there. And so you really have to find a way to stand out and tell your own story and why you're unique and different from other people. And I find that a lot of people are not uncomfortable doing that, um, or they don't, they don't sit and have that self-reflection and that is a really important step that I'll help them with, to figure out what sets you apart, what value are you bringing, and how can we tell that story in a more effective way and reach people beyond your circle of friends or, you know, the businesses on your block and think of new ways to do that.
0: Yeah. It just goes back to the notion that, you know, you can't be an expert in everything. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't know if you've ever read the book uh, E-Myth, e uh, um, it's about a guy that, or startup businesses, and he talks about Molly. Molly makes pies, if mm-hmm. you I don't know about that, but Molly, you know, is really good at pies. Everybody loves her pies, so she starts a business, and suddenly the business gets really big, and, you know, the pies start, uh, the quality of the pies are worse because her employees can't make it the way that she can, so she starts making her own pies, and bef- before you know it, it's a disaster. You know, it's because Molly didn't know how to run a business, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff, and it seems to me that, you know, we're like, in a decathlon. If you run a business, you have to be good at a lot of different things, but to be superb and excellent, that's when you bring in experts, right? Exactly. You, know? exactly. Yeah. you
1: need to have your team. If, if if your business is making pies, you need to have your accountant on hand when you need them. An attorney you can reach out to when you need that help. Marketing assistance when you yeah. need help so that you can focus on what you do. Um, I think where some people make a mistake is they'll look at maybe what their weakness is and they think, I need to make this work. I'm going to pour all my energy into this to be better, to make it work. Well, is it a better use of your resources to instead focus on what you're good at and build that out and then bring in assistance for those areas? You know, you should be doing what your talent is because no one else does it like you. So it's okay to ask for help in the other areas and in fact, you'll be more successful if you do.
0: Okay. Well, if people out there that are watching this podcast want to get your help, which they should, uh, how do they contact you?
1: Uh, They can uh, take a look at my website at storiedlane.com. My full contact information is there, and I offer free one-hour consultations, which you can book with me directly on my website.
0: Fantastic. Okay. Well, Caitlin, thank you for joining us. This was fantastic. I learned so much.
1: Thanks for having me. It's great being here.
0: Thank you, and see you next time.